What's going on, everybody? This is City Wrestling Radio, and this is a very special interview edition, a very special international interview edition, because I have joining me via Skype, well, actually via FaceTime, because we we couldn't get the Skype going, but via FaceTime, the GWF GWF Commonwealth Champion, the modern-day savage, Chris Cage. How are you today, sir? I am not too bad, not too bad. Still, uh, still a bit sore from the match on Saturday. Sorry, uh, from the match on Friday evening. Uh, getting my days mixed up. I must have taken a few headshots. Um, but, uh, yeah, not too bad. Celebrating Mothering Sunday here in the United Kingdom. So uh, making sure to keep uh, my wife and uh, my mother and mother-in-law and everybody else happy as well. But, yeah, not doing too badly. Good to hear from you guys again. Yeah, no, it's 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 good to have you on the show. You are our first uh, two-time interview guest, so congratulations on that. You've made a milestone here at City yes. Wrestling Radio. Yes, yes, I'm putting that on my bio on uh, Twitter now. There you go. Oh, yeah, on on your Wikipedia page. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My massive Wikipedia page. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, but I, I, you know, I got you in today because, you know, <clears throat> a couple of days ago, like you said, Friday evening, you guys had the, uh, the city wrestling radio and AWA British Grand Prix, uh, tournament. Um, you know, can you, can you tell, uh, our fans a little bit? Cause we still have yet to see it. Um, we're waiting to see it to see if it's uh, waiting to see if it's uploaded to, um, uh, YouTube. Uh, but can you tell us a little bit about the British Grand Prix tournament in general? Yeah, definitely. So it was a, a one-night elimination tournament, you know, uh, King of the Ring style rules, wrestling for WWF Championship tournament style rules, and um, yeah, it was it was it was hard fought. There was some good guys in it. There was some young guys in there, given an opportunity to uh, showcase their talents in in some you know one-on-one matches, um, and also some more experienced guys. Um, I personally wasn't involved in, in the tournament. Um, in fact, it's, it's one tournament I've never been involved in in all my years. I've been wrestling with the uh, the AWA and, and HCW as it was before. Uh, I've never been in the Grand Prix tournament, but some some great names from uh, past have won that title. It's got um, it's got some good lineage with it. Um, and um, am I uh, am I okay to say who who won on Friday? Or do you oh yeah, no, that's fine. We've back that we've already uh, talked. So, about- I know. That- yeah, I know that, um, that the fox catcher uh, was the uh, was the last one standing at the end of the tournament, and um, he's an incredible talent. I mean, he's uh, I don't even think you could class him as, as cruiserweight. He, he, you know, if there was a weight division below cruiserweight, you put fox catcher in there. He's um, you know he's a diminutive guy, but um, an absolutely incredible talent. We wrestled each other, you know, hundreds of times all over the country, various different locations, all different types of matches. You know, we've been in we've been in cages together, we've been in ladder matches together, uh, uh, fourth count anywhere. Uh, and this guy, you know, will push anybody to the limit. He's an incredible talent. And um, he uh, was your, your kind of typical heel, really. He's, uh, mm-hmm. His character, he's a, he's, a fox hun- he's a fox hunter, which is very... And um, he's one of those guys that's so talented that the the audience, the crowd couldn't help but cheer for him. So he's now a huge face, and then he does he does nothing but his character is exactly the same. Uh, so it was, a, it was a really popular victory on on Friday night, and um, I can see him getting a push towards some of the the main championships now based on the back of the um, of the Grand Prix tournament win. I think before the end of the year, there's every chance that he's going to be, you know, like the uh, the, the heavyweight champion, um, or even maybe coming up to the uh, the Commonwealth Championship that I hold. Um, and I'd be more than happy, you know, with him coming forward because, as I said, he's great in the ring. We have some fantastic matches together. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was it was a, it was a good night. It was a, a loud and raucous crowd. Uh, there was a lot of beer being consumed, yeah. Um, yeah. and it was all it was all about it was all about fun. So. Uh, really good to have your guys name associated with that tournament and with the show on on friday evening yeah no it was uh you know it was a big surprise to us when um you know we were contacted to um help promote the event and it was awesome and uh we couldn't be more happy to help independent wrestling you know any in any part of the world especially at our friends over at awa formerly hcw uh, but you were mentioning, you were saying something, you were talking about your GWF Commonwealth Championship. 
um, talking about the fox catcher might be coming for that. But let's talk about you a little bit. And you are actually this week in the top rankings up for the AWA World Heavyweight Champion, just right under T.C. Brown, the champion himself. What do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pleased with that. Uh, I've, um, I've been sort of defending the title. Um, you know, I've taken it abroad, taken it into Commonwealth countries um, and competed there, defended the title. It's a title I'm really I'm really proud to have. Uh, you know, the, the Commonwealth at one time was, was incredibly important for the British the British Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now it's more, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's more a, a sort of a hype or something, you know, with that link to the Queen and Commonwealth, but it's still, it's still really cool to represent, you know, Britain uh, in particular with that Commonwealth title. So I've uh, been defending it. I was expecting to defend it on Friday night. I was booked in a singles match. Um, and, and before I knew it, as things happened, Trident tag partner, uh, new Trident tag partner, actually, a new member as of January, Dan Stryker, was, uh, was attacked in a singles match. So I, I made the save. And then our our owner, Peter Crockett, um, he decided to pull a Teddy Long on us and uh, made it into a tag match. So I didn't defend my GWF title on uh, on Friday evening, right. but um, you know I was obviously still in, still involved in the tag match. But in terms of TC Brown, this guy you know developed over the last two years, um, you know come out he was he was you know opening the cards, opening the shows. Um, and he's built up a, a huge fan base as of late, um, and has been sort of thrust into the, the championship spotlight. Um, you know, recently, unified titles, we faced Kevin Phoenix, who's from the United States, who's on tour in, in the UK. He was the Southern American champion, uh, and T.C. Brown, you know, won that belt from him, unified it with his World Everett Championship. Uh, if I'm now, as you're telling me, this is the first I've heard, that actually, that I'm up there in the rankings now, um, you know, I'm looking forward to potentially meeting T.C. Brown hopefully over the summer um, and um, maybe unifying the GWF and the uh, AWA Heavyweight Championships, um, and that would be that would be great for me at this stage in my career. Um, you know, after wrestling for you know 15 years, over 15 years, to mm-hmm. to have two titles, two prestigious titles, that would be absolutely fantastic. And uh, T.C. Brown. I'm sure that'd be a great match as well. I've, I've met T.C. Brown before, uh, but it was, in a, it was in a gauntlet match. So I didn't really get the uh, get to test the metal of the man as much as I'd like to. So I think next time, if we're competing for those titles, that should be uh, that should be a barn burner, as they say. And correct me if I'm wrong, but was T.C. Brown the last winner of the of the uh, British Grand Prix tournament from 2018, or am I wrong on that? Yeah. But- I think you're. I think you're absolutely spot on with that, and that's what I was saying beforehand about that. You know, being being that stepping stone title, uh, you know, for him to then be, you know, elevated up the rankings and be competing for uh, not only the you know the new AWA heavyweight championship in, in the Rumble match earlier this year, but then to be put in these situations where he's unifying you know titles with, with international competitors. Uh, main eventing shows, uh, you know, and, and I see I see something similar for the box catcher in the future. And um, you know, as long as I continue to defend my GPS belt, you know, hopefully I'll be in in and around that main event scene as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it should get really interesting in the AWA as we uh, as we go through 2019. Nice, yeah. No, I'm looking forward to hearing all about it because uh, no, it's going to be fun and you know, and all independent wrestling and your shows are. They're relatively, I mean, inexpensive to go to, correct? They were like, it was like two to three pounds per, uh, yeah. yeah. Definitely. You know, yeah, our, our shows, um, you know, they're, they're family-friendly shows. Uh, we don't look at them as anything that they're, that they're not. Um, you know, it's, you're not going to come to our shows and see the guys getting hit with, with, you know, light tubes and barbed wire and, and things like that. And, oh, God. And, you know, there's a place for all that, but... There's a market for that out there, and I know that there's some promotions. Now, our 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 owner, our MCPT Crockett, he worked recently for a promotion that had that that you know, that death match as its main event, and it was you know, it was successful. They drew a good crowd, but it's a, it's a different crowd to what we what we draw in the AWA. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, you know, and, and you know, we want it to be available for all to be able to, to come see. And you know, like I said, yeah. 
you know, it's often, you know, in others, because, you know, people drinking beer and things like that, but at the same time, there's also kids there with their phone fingers and their signs and, you know, like, come in for scraps afterwards and things like that. So it's, it's really, it's an it's an accessible show for all, uh, and that's, that's how we promote ourselves. We promote ourselves as anything other than that, you know, that family entertainment. Yeah, no, there's, yeah, I, I um, when you bring up Light Tube, it's funny because I was actually at that David Arquette, Nick Gage match um, during Survivor Series yeah. weekend, and I was right ringside and I had um, light uh, pieces of fluorescent light tube flying at me. And I was like, you know, I have to, I had to zip up my jacket. And I'm like, I'm not just making sure, you know, not going to get cut by any of this stuff. But man, it was crazy. I didn't expect it to get, go that far. Oh, I'm sorry. I was, saw the uh, of that. Obviously, it was, it was big news for you know a few days afterwards, yeah. you know, a few weeks afterwards, and um, sort out the footage. And um, you know, Arquette looks legitimately scared, um, and you know, he, he I feel he was in a situation that he shouldn't have been in. He's you know his lack of experience, um, you know, in, in doing that. And actually, I felt that he, he dealt with it really well. But you could tell that the guy was was scared. Um, and yeah. you know, and every part to be because it's a different ball game. Um, you know, I've done I've done a bit of the hardcore stuff um, a, a long time ago. I was a lot younger. Uh, you know, I've sort of been in with barbed wire. I've been slammed on drawing pins. Um, I've never I've never experimented with glass. I just think it's unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Um, the same thing with fire. Uh, you know, I think you know fire does what it wants to do, not what you want it to do. Right. So, I've never gone. I've never gone down that that route. But you know, I've I've enjoyed. You know, I've enjoyed many ECW shows, and uh, you know, I've watched CZW shows and all of that in the past. And I have to say, I've enjoyed it. And even you know, thinking about Edge spearing you know Nick Foley to a flaming table um, at WrestleMania, and and some of the some of the matches those guys had, and Nick Foley and Orton and, and all of that. And there is this this kind of like it is a draw um, and it doesn't look great but uh, it wouldn't be something that I would want to get involved in um, particularly not at nearly 40 years of age um, well you know my knees are bad enough as it is without having any more you know any more injuries to having drawing pins stuck in your kneecaps or anything like that but perhaps the guys that do it and the guys that are successful with it but um, I think if you're if you're doing that kind of match in front of 10 people uh, then something's gone wrong you know, yeah. you, you shouldn't be doing that kind of style to a, a paying crowd of, of 10 to 15 people. You know, that you, you, if it's drawing and you're happy with it, then fair enough. But don't put yourself at risk for a, a minor number of people in the crowd. Right, exactly. You know, you if you do that, you want to have big, at least a big drawing crowd and not, like you said, 10 to 15 people. Um, yeah, but I mean, David Arquette, I think that night after the show, he was he was saying how he would never... Uh, do a death match, you know, death match ever again. And, you know, I think he's, I, I commend him for doing it because at, at night I, it really, I mean, he has the, the, as you say, as they say, cojones to at least work a match like that. Because like I said, there's a lot of yeah. people that would just, you know, he didn't know what he was getting into, but at the same time he stuck it in there till the end of the match. And the fact that he did, I have yeah. all the respect for him. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how happy I would have been finishing the match with a, a gaping hole in my neck. No, um, yeah. So yeah, hats off, hats off to him. He's, he, you know, obviously been butt of so many wrestling jokes for years following mm-hmm. winning the WCW title, um, and actually the guy's put the work in um, and is learning his craft. Uh, you, you know, you've got to take your hat off to him. Um, Absolutely. So well done. But yeah, I think he, it's one of those, um, you know, the old adage. He, he, sort of like learning to run before he could walk, really. Um, I don't think he knew what he was getting into. And obviously the guy who was getting in there with is, is an absolute beast as well. Um, so, so, you know, that's not going to help matters. Oh, uh, yeah. Because he's going to yeah. carry on regardless with what, what, you know, with whatever's going on and finish the match. But, yeah, hats off to him. Uh, I wouldn't want to do it, as I said. No, no way. Yeah, no, Nick Gage is a, Nick Gage is one of those guys, he would, he would scare me during a meet and greet. You know, I would just be like, no, I'm, I'm good. I'll just, I'll just enjoy your match from over yeah. here, sir. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Be, be really, re- really respectful. It's like the old, you know, like sort of Sabu and New Jack from the ECW days. It, it's like, you know, I, I enjoy what you do, um, and you know, I, you know, a lot of respect for you. But those guys would, would 
terrifying. Um, I mean, and even going back even further, guys like the you know the, the original Sheik um, and uh, Abdullah Butcher, people like that, you know, actual legitimate terrifying people, uh, which you do need. You know, they they make the best heels. Um, so yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Hats off, hats off to David Arquette for getting his ass whooped by uh, by Nick Gage. Yeah, no. I mean, there's. Uh, I mean, David Arquette has. He, I think he's going to go to wrestle at NWA now, which I think would be more suited for him um, because you know yeah. NWA is very. It's um, like submission based and very tactical wrestling. So, um, no, no fluorescent tubes for him to be, be hit with. No, leave the fluorescent tubes in the light. Exactly. But, I mean, there's so many promotions now. I think independent wrestling is probably the hottest it's ever been, especially with the insurgence of uh, AEW um, coming to fruition with Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks. What do you think about uh, All Elite Wrestling and what they're doing? It's, it's fantastic. I mean, you know, um, as I said earlier in the interview, I'm, you know, I'm nearly 40, so I lived through... The, the wrestling boom period and um, I mean I can remember recording WCW Nitro off a German channel on Sky um, and you know we have Raw on, on Sky Sports which is I've been there you know since we, we got Sky in 1991 that's when I started watching wrestling um, you know and then in sort of like 95, 96, 97 the peak of the Monday Night War. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wanted to be watching. I wanted to be watching both. Um, you know, I loved War. Uh, you know, I was. I was. You know, a huge fan of Steve Austin. and right. like pretty much everybody in the world was at the time. Loved the end of the world. Loved the, the realism behind that. I found uh, Brian Pillman to be absolutely fascinating. The whole sort of, you know, the loose cannon, the story behind that, and uh, you know. So, ECW, I used to track down by a good nose, uh, you know, like tape trading and, and even back, you know, like, like trying to find like Japanese promotions, uh, seeking out Japanese, uh, promotions on, on Sky again on the satellite. So mm-hmm. I had a lot of, a, a lot of wrestling to watch. I was kind of being brought up on, on a lot of wrestling and it was at, it was a boom period because there was so much competition. Um, you know, some guy wasn't doing very well at WCW, aka Jericho, Big Show, unhappy mm-hmm. with their contract, etc. There was somewhere for them to go. There was, you know, there was movement there, and, and that excitement of seeing people turn up on the other brand's show, um, you know, from week to week. You know, who's going to show up? Rick Rude being on both shows on the same, like Lex Luger turning up at the first night show, you know, all of those kinds of things. Since WWF bought WCW, you know that that's gone, and DNA to an extent, I think, was nearly there at one uh, point. You know, yeah, they, they, yeah, at one point, and they were picking up these really talented guys who obviously are now pretty much all on Raw or SmackDown. Uh, you know, like AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Kurt Angle, and and you know there was this period where you thought they might they might have this, they might be the competition. And it never quite got there. Um, and then, but I, I think the, the buzz around AEW and some of the names that they're getting, and the fact that you've got guys who are turning down contracts with, with WWE mm. um, to get the opportunity to sort of to, to potentially go and work with AEW, I, I think it just it bodes really well for the rest of it. Obviously, their first show was really successful, and again, it had a bit of everything in it. Um, you know, it was that real, it was that, that kind of almost old-fashioned, you know, circus show type show. And right. If you don't like the jugglers, you'll like the. There's a bit of everything in there, and I think that they've, I think that they, they've hit the nail on the head with it, um, and it's great moving forward. And it just shows that Cody Rhodes has got a lot of his dad in him. You know that the, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree because he's obviously going to become an incredibly successful promoter and booker like his, like his father was, uh, and maybe even surpass his father in, in, in that. And um, whatever he's doing, he's doing he's doing it right because he's attracted some big names for that promotion. And I just think it bodes well for the future of the business and gives guys who are unhappy like, like Pac uh, or, you know, or Neville, as he was in WWE, yeah. somewhere, somewhere else to go and work and, and the opportunity to try different characters and to 
you know, and to do different things. And yeah, I just think it bodes well for the, for the future of the wrestling business. I think in the next five years, the landscape's going to be completely different. I just think there will be two major promotions in the States that, that guys can, that guys can choose from. And I think we're going to get back to, you know, the, that surprise, wow, you know, such and such has turned up on Raw from AW and vice versa. Uh, so, um, best of luck to them yeah no and cody rhodes like i said before he's one of the nicest people i've ever met not just you know at a meet and greet at a wrestling show just genuinely nice guy he'll sit there he stayed he stayed long to do meet and greets with people he'll talk to you for five to ten minutes about whatever and he's like totally open to working with anybody um and it's really awesome because he's really open and he's really willing to try something just like his dad and I was having this conversation last night with somebody at a show because I was going to a show last night and I was having this conversation about Dusty because um, Dusty was one of those people. He was the same way. He would legit give people a chance. And I don't I don't think very yeah. highly of this next guy, but Enzo Amore, I don't think highly of the guy, but Dusty gave him a chance because he knew he was a talker. He knew he can draw. And he, when everyone else said, yeah. you know, we're going to fire you, we're going to fire you, we're going to fire you. Dusty was the one person to sit there and be like, no, we're going to give you a chance and see what you got. And, and I mean, he, yeah. he's a talker. I mean, what can I say? He's not the great, he's not, not a great wrestler at all. Um, Enzo Amore, but hell, he's a good talker. Yeah. And that's you, when you, you sort of like see a lot of the guys who are, you know, currently, um, you know, working more SmackDown went through the NXT, went through that developmental system all of them speak so highly of Dusty and the opportunities that Dusty gave them, and uh, you know, and and particularly with that sort of things like character development and promo development, and they're, you know, those are sometimes they're the most difficult parts of the wrestling business is to get is to get those parts. You know, you can you can really as long as somebody's got a, a, a baseline, you know, level of athleticism, right. you can teach them to wrestle. You know, if they've done another sport before, you can teach the discipline, you can teach the physicality, you can get strong in the gym, you can, you know, you can get good in the in the ring. And with like things like the performance center now, when they, these guys are spent, you know, ten hours a day in the ring, you know, people are going to get good at that. But it's those other things, and, and Dusty's, you know, he was the one that would bring that out of people, find people's characters. Um, I, I seem to remember reading a story. I think about um about Dusty and, and Elias and him helping you know helping Elias find that character as well. I may I, I may have just completely made that up, but I'm sure I read a, I'm sure I read something about that. And you, you look like you know Elias is on Raw, doesn't have a match, doesn't wrestle, but he's still one of the most over guys. Uh, turned him heel again, met, but he still gets you know a massive pop every time they mention his name. And it's completely a character, and a lot of people rag on Elias and say he's not he's not good in the ring. But I, you know, I personally I think he's good enough in the ring um, because he's got that he's got that charisma. Uh, you know, he only needs a few sort of you know good signature moves. I think that flying elbow looks great. I think the drift away there is, is a good finish. Um, he's got you know a potential main guy there, um, and and that's that's all from that kind of character development. Um, so like you said. Dusty's great with that, and I have a feeling that Cody is is going to be the same of just getting getting people mm-hmm. to just sort of find the best versions of themselves um, and bring it all out, and just just put on some killer shows, and just provide provide an alternative, provide something for you know for people to watch other than other than WWE. Yeah, because and like you said, Cody being the same way, because you know I already see him becoming like his father in a sense because he's um there's a, a wrestler he signed recently named jungle boy i don't know if you're familiar with him he's up and coming he's wrestled a lot in my local promotion near san francisco at all pro wrestling um but he's he's a young guy he's athletic but he's he's very new to the ring but cody still signed him to all elite wrestling giving him the chance because he knows that if he puts him in the ring to a main crowd he'll get over um really fast so it's awesome what Cody's yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sure. So I'd, I'd heard, I think he's Luke Perry's son. Yes. Uh, the actor who recently, recently passed away. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, even before 
you know, because I think there was some mainstream attention around that. Obviously, I think he, you know, he had to take some time off and miss some shows because of that. And it's, you know, that's really sad because his, his dad obviously wasn't very old. But even before then, the, the name has come across me, even even over here in the UK. Um, and you know, you can you can probably attribute that to to Cody getting behind that. You know that promotional wheel um, and starting to get the name out there and, and things like that. So that was a name I was like, oh, you know, even just from the, the perspective of the name, oh, that's interesting. You know, that sounds that sounds quite cool. Like, uh, I think when I when I saw a picture of him, he wasn't, you know, what I what I thought. I think <laughs> I was maybe thinking that he looked like Mowgli from the Jungle Book or something like that. But yeah. um, when I when I when I first saw the picture, I was like, oh yeah, you know, this guy looks cool. He's got a good look. Uh, you know, it sounds, even the name sounds interesting. So uh, yeah. And, and like you said, taking taking somebody that's that's kind of on the way up and starting to get a bit of buzz, and then you know get that AEW promotion around them, and they they're doing a great job with the promotion, like the, the sort of like the things they've been doing in Vegas. Um, you know, it's, it's something different, and uh, and that's exciting, and they you know yeah. they they're getting people interested in their announcements and things like that. So um, you know, yeah, already I think that the buzz around that surpasses anything that, that TNA was able to do in, you know, the time well obviously they're still they're still operating now, but yeah, there's just there's just you just get that sense that that's gonna be that's gonna be the breakout promotion um over the next couple of years. Yeah, and it's got WWE pretty I mean, I feel like WWE's a little worried because they're signing talent left and right, offering um, you know, pretty much double what they were offering to contracts before. Um, you know, Triple H opening yeah. performance centers everywhere. There was just the performance center open, I believe, in London. It was, or it, I know it's in the UK, but yeah. I don't know if it's in London for sure. I think, I think, I think it's up north. Okay, I think it might be Liverpool or Manchester, actually. Uh, okay, um, but yeah, I, I hear, I hear they're, they're, they're potentially opening one in Japan, India, Australia. Uh, you know, there's a lot of NXT uh, NXT talent at the moment. Is is uh, coming over from Australia, their their NBC, I think is the one to watch uh, as well in the next couple of years. That seems to be seems to be blowing up. So uh, yeah, they are um, they're trying to get their hands in wherever they can. Um, I noticed, you know, even um, so, they're starting to take talent as well. We had the World of Sports show yes. in the UK over over the summer, and there were a lot of guys. And girls signed to that promotion, and that you know these guys and girls are starting to show up in NXT UK. Uh, so they are, yeah, they're, they're you know siphoning the the kind of like the cream off the top of, of of you know all the good stuff that's going on. And like you said, I think there's, there's a bit of there's a bit of worry there. Um, my my concern with that is that you know people go there for the money and then don't get used. Because you think the, 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 their roster at the moment has got to be the biggest it's ever been. You know, uh, people under contract right. with NXT, with NXT UK, uh, with Raw, with SmackDown, 205 Live. You know, they've, they've got more wrestlers there than, than they ever have done beforehand. Um, and it's just, are, are these people going to be utilised there? Would it be better for them to stay with World of Sport or to go to AEW or to go to Japan and, and actually be be featured more? But I understand people have got bills to pay, they've got families to look at. Yeah. If WWE paying the money, you know, who's to say if they came knocking on my door, I don't think I'd, I, you know, I don't think I'd turn them down. Um, you know, with the with the money they're they're offering. So, but like you said, I completely agree with you. I think they are nervous about the potential uh, competition that is developing around the world at the moment. Yeah, I mean, does it feel like that WWE, or at least NXT UK, is kind of putting a stranglehold on the British independent scene of wrestling? So it's an, that's a, it's an interesting one, because there was not that long ago, there was this kind of um, almost overnight furore about how some of the NXT UK guys' contracts were changing, which meant that they were going to be exclusive to um, NXT UK, WWE, and, and a few select promotions that WWE is obviously working with. Right. And there was a real worry that that, that was going to be, um, you know, affecting all of those guys who, who till then had been taking independent bookings, you know, up and down the country. We uh, we went to Wales Comic Con in November last year, 
Um, so it's a, you know, a, a really big Comic Con, nowhere near the size of like San Diego or, or WonderCon. But, you know, it's, it's a big one for the UK. And they, yeah. they had some wrestling on at the show. Um, there's a guy there uh, called Tyson Tebow, a member of the, uh, yeah. with the uh, NXT UK roster, who uh, we've known for a long time. And um, my uh, Peter Crockett, um, you know, met with, with Tyson Tebow and, and talked with him. And it seemed like there were only a few guys that were kind of restricted by these, by these contracts. Um, I think people like Pete Dunn, Tyler Bates, um, you know, that, that, that couldn't go and do Indus still. Um, and, um, you know, as I said earlier on, PC Crockett did a show for another promotion um, a couple of weeks ago, and Joseph Connors was on that show. So I don't think that it's the, sort of the stranglehold on the indie promotion that it was, that it was kind of, you know, being uh, touted as. Um, and I think there was just a few guys that WWE obviously wanted to restrict their appearances. Um, I think, you know, people like Pete Dunne, who I can see, you know, ending up on the main roster within the next month, essentially. And I think they wanted to sort of like lock these guys down and make sure that they were controlling their bookings, maybe. But I think for some of the other guys, it was hearsay and it was rumour and things got out of hand as they do on, you know, on, you know, in the IWC. I think one person, one person said something and it spiralled. Right. Because I'm seeing, I'm seeing a lot of these NXT UK guys on posters, you know, on promotion for indie shows uh, around the country. So I'm guessing um, that it, it's not as bad as it was as, as it was made out to be. And if anything, it's making more people go and see UK indies because they get the chance to see, get mm-hmm. the chance to meet. Oh, this guy that wrestles for NXT UK. Uh, so I, I actually see that as a as a positive thing, I see the potential negative if, if World of Sport um, removes its television contract this year. I know for a fact that they've, they've lost some of their, their big names um, yeah. to the WWE. Um, and that could be that could be the effect. And that would be a shame because, uh, you know, World of Sport is, is a terrestrial television in this country. It's not cable. It's not satellite television. It's, it's one that everybody can get. Um, and it was on... A, Sort of like prime time viewing on a Saturday, yeah. bringing wrestling into you know into the front rooms and, and things like that. I think if that if that is affected by it, and you know then people are going to have to go back to you know watching their wrestling on the internet. Uh, you know that could that could be a, a negative of the the WWE buying up all the UK talent at the moment. Yeah, and it's a shame that you know people who, you know, just watch wrestling on terrestrial TV, who don't, you know, who might not have the means to, you know, get online to buy the WWE network to, you know, um, it, it, it would be taking that away from them. And that's a shame that if it does that, but, you know, at least there's still independent wrestling all around the country, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But, definitely. And as I said, I think that, I think the NXT UK brands, I think the, the way that they are working, it, that only helps to promote the, the indie promotions around there. You know, if these guys are going out, you know, um, on the weekends where they're not working for WWE, they're working and they're working more. And you've got guys who are earning a living from wrestling now. And, and you know, 10 years ago, it wouldn't have been the case. You'd have some absolutely superb talents working in this country that were having to do jobs during the week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, wrestling the weekend. And now you've got people who are able to actually earn a living doing what they love and what they're talented at. And that can that can only be a good thing. And, and as you said, with the, you know, the chance of opening performance centres in countries like Australia, that's going to mean that, you know, the Australian indie scene is going to be affected in the, in the same way and, and give people employment and full-time jobs in the wrestling business. It's interesting to see when they move into um, to Japan to see what happens there because, you know, like they said, they have, there's so many promotions over there and that are so prominent. Like people I hear about talking everywhere about talking about, you know, New Japan, All Japan, uh, GDT Pro. Um, you have all these places over there that WWE is really going to have. And, and Japan is very – they're very proud of the country and the, in their own promotions. Um, so I don't see WWE yeah. doing very well in Japan. No, it's a completely different market. I mean, the UK, when, when, you know, when they kind of started the push with, 
um, you know, with the UK Championship Tournament, uh, which is really the sort of like the, the genesis of the uh, of NXT UK. You'd got some um, some sort of promotions who were starting to break out um, in this country, starting to get some mainstream attention, but but you know nothing major. You know, no no TV deals yet. You know, it was all you know like streaming and right. things like that. But um, you know, some good guys playing their playing their trade there. Um, but Japan is obviously already well established. Some huge promotions. Um, I, I, it's just going to be a completely different sort of type of competition out there. A completely different market. Yeah. Who? Um. Are, you've been watching NXT UK, correct? I have not been watching it as much as I'd like to. Actually, uh, I, um, yeah. I I I drop in and out of it. Um, it's, I think it's one of the problems is there being so much content. Um, you know, sort of two hours of Raw, uh, sorry, three hours of Raw, yeah. two hours of SmackDown, um, you know, an hour of NXT, an hour of 205 Live if I can catch it, and an hour of NXT UK if, if I can catch it. Um, so I, I've been dropping in and out of it, but not been watching it with any regularity, which I, you know, I feel I feel bad about because I've wanted to support the uh, the guys and girls who are, uh, who are on the show, but... Um, no, I, I must admit I've not been able to. I've not been able to keep up to date with it. Who, um, who, who? When you watch, who do you like? Who are you enjoying watching right now on NXT UK? I, um, I've always enjoyed uh, Dave Mastiff. Um, I just like the, the you know, for a big guy, um, the, the way he moves, the, the character he portrays. Um, you know, so so I think he's he's got potential to. Um, you know, to, to again, you know, potentially be, be main roster, um, if that's the way that they're going with, um, the NXT UK guys. Uh, Zach Gibson, obviously, yeah. um, watched the Nigel McGuinness documentary the other day, and, um, I'd not really kind of like made that link beforehand about the way that Gibson wrestles, about, you know, how similar it is to, to Nigel McGuinness, but, uh, he's just, a fantastic heel, like a real throwback heel. Uh, you know, just drive the entire audience mad. Um, you know, and have them, <laughs> have them hating him. Uh, but you know, like take their shoes off. Yeah, um, is that a, is that a normal thing in in British in British or was that is that unique to Zach Gibson? I. I've, I've never seen it before. Okay, to be um, it's not something that. Um, it's not something that I've ever experienced. Okay. Maybe, I, maybe when I've been a heel before, I just haven't had that level of heat uh, <laughs> to have people take their shoes off. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's it's completely unique, and and he's he's doing a great job with it as well. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so yeah, I see him. You know, uh, you know, bright future there. Um, obviously, they brought Walter in, which um, is is going to be a game changer. Um, and uh, as I said to you in a, in a message the other day, I, I see him uh, winning the belt from Pete Dunne next weekend. Yeah, um, and uh, see Pete Dunne, you know, getting the uh, getting the call up, you know, potentially for Raw the night after with that big national I... crowd that that Raw tends to have the night after WrestleMania. Yeah, uh, you know, mainly Brit. Uh, I think the pop would be um, immense to bring him out on that show and then for Walter to carry that brand, that NXT UK brand, moving forward with the belt and for Pete to be moving on to, you know, the, the Intercontinental title or the US title or, you know, wherever, wherever he wants. He's, he's a young guy and I think he's got the, uh, he's got the potential to have a, have a great future ahead of him. Uh, he already seems over with the, with the US crowd. I think following the match with Tyler Bate in Chicago, where they, oh, they showed what they could do, um, you know, I think they they established themselves as as sort of like you know uh, main level main event level players there. Um, so yeah, I see big things for uh, for Pete Dunne in the next month. Yeah, Pete Dunne is he's one of those guys. Like, I, it's not that I. I want him on the main roster. Don't get me wrong. I'm just not looking forward to the day when he comes out to the ring and his name's just Pete. You know, and he's he's yeah. he's in a lower level <laughs> yeah. match against Jinder Mahal, and it's just like okay, because I think yeah. it was like two weeks ago we got a match. It was like oh, Ricochet's in a match. Who's he facing? Jinder Mahal, and it was kind of like the complete yeah. opposite. You have like one of the best wrestlers in all of the world versus yeah. I'm not going to say one of the worst because Jinder is wrestling on uh, that big of a level, and he's probably better than a whole lot of people in this world. 
but just the contrast of the two was just wow i can't believe i had to witness that yeah and again that just seems like you know once again like changing changing topic completely but that just seems again you know just a complete botch of of an nxt Mm call-up um even like so confusing at the moment those guys won the dusty road tag tournament yeah are going to be on the nxt show weeks after they've been called up to the main roster and i really thought we were heading towards um a a revival versus ricochet alistair black or uh, you know maybe you know um um, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable sort of like you know triple threat or you know four way WrestleMania and then it's like you know what's what's happened here you know they're sort of still kind of on the NXT shows and right. obviously Gagano is main event in the NXT show he had a call up recently and uh, it's really unfortunate for Ciampa with the injury and yeah. stuff like that but it's like how many NXT call ups of, of these guys who are so over in NXT can can they blow? Um, you know, I just I was thinking back to um, the, some of the guys that have been that have been brought up and just have the rug pulled from under them. It just makes no sense to me at, at all. Um, you know how they utilise them. Like like you said, like Ricochet's one of the best wrestlers in the world, right? Um, and then yeah, you know, is in a in a you know almost like preliminary match with with Jinder. Um, what, what are they? What are they playing at? And, and going back to the original sort of like the, the original point, yeah, I, I, I dread to think what Pete could be doing. Yeah, <laughs> in in twelve months' time, if they go down that same path with him, um, let's just hope that they that they don't and they let him. You know, they let him be Pete Dunne, the bruiserweight, and you know, let him do his thing. Let him kind of like snap people's fingers and and stuff like that, and. Uh, yeah, not having him in there with uh, with, with gender. <laughs> poor gender. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, poor gender. I mean, gender. It's just he was pushed to the moon all of a sudden. He had that title run that was just out of nowhere, and he just got the fans yeah. completely against him at that point. And it's not just heel heat at that point. Yeah. It's like this: you want to change the channel heat, which isn't good for wrestling at all. Yeah. So, no, no, no. I remember back in the day, we called it X Pac heat. Yeah. Um, when X when X Pac was in X Factor, um, and you know, and and, and X Pac, you know, was is one of the best workers they they ever had. But um, you know, whatever whatever happened there, I mean, X Factor was a terrible idea, um, and that, I think that was probably where the X Pac heat came from. But yeah, it's it's, it's changed the channel heat. Uh, it's real head in hands. What is happening? Yeah. If you've recorded the show, fast forward. That yeah, absolutely. The show kind of. Uh, kind of heat, um, yeah. That's you know, fingers crossed. Hope to God that uh, you know Pete Dunne isn't saddled that when he comes up to the main roster. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping. You know, I'm actually hoping he just gets put, uh, brought over to NXT for a little bit. Have him go for the NXT main title. I don't know, just you know, because I just well, I enjoy seeing Pete Dunne and I enjoy the booking of him at this point, and I just worry about him on either Raw yeah. or SmackDown. So, especially when SmackDown yeah. goes to I- Fox. Here in the states, you know, um, it, it's going to be interesting because you know they're talking about going to three hours, and Fox could be kind of a family-friendly type of network. So, who knows what could happen? Let's just start talking about WrestleMania, though. Yeah, go for it. Let's start. Let's get into WrestleMania, though. WrestleMania is coming up next week, and uh, what what are you what are you looking forward to at WrestleMania? Because there's like there's almost eighteen matches, I believe, seventeen, eighteen matches right now. Um, at least that's what they're looking at. Because Dave Meltzer was talking about, you know, you were talking earlier about not having a tag team match with Alistair Black and Ricochet, but he's yeah. still Dave Meltzer is still talking about having a you know Ricochet and Black still in a match versus the Revival. So they're in two yeah. tag team matches the or two tag team title matches the entire weekend, which is odd to me. I don't know what they're going for there. I don't know if they're going for some sort of unification or. NXT tag champions versus yeah. Raw tag champions. Who knows? Yeah, uh, yeah. Because at one point as well, it looked like the Usos were going to go go with the Hardys, and um, and then I this week that the Hardys are, are sort of like signed to be under the giant battle royal. Right. Uh, you know, I know cards subject to change, um, 
and uh, you know, and, and that that whole thing. But um, yeah, it, I find it's a really confusing WrestleMania this year. And I know we talked briefly, you know, when we were messaging about the build-up for the uh, the main event now, the women's match, and um, I think it's you know it's fantastic that they they've got the women closing out the show, and it really does highlight how you know, successful the um, the women's evolution has been um, and, you know, like following on from the evolution pay-per-view. Right. To have them, to have them closing out the show, the show, the show, thinking about Zach Gibson still, uh, <laughs> to have them closing out the show yeah. uh, is, is, is great. But that, that whole build for that match has just been completely overblown. Uh, you know, from the, from the moment Becky came out, and took um, Lana's place in the Rumble match. You know that 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 was it. You know she she went over. She was injured. She went over, and that should have been that's it. You know she goes to WrestleMania. Yep, I think turn on the heel in the in the in the build up. I think that was the, that's the right move, and I think she's absolutely killing it with the heel character. Um, so, but the the rest of it is just just seems so overbooked and I think that really is my feeling for the show as a whole is, is overbooked like you like you said it's like 18 matches um, you know they've got to look they've got to look at the future about making it a two day event um, you know uh, like Wrestlemania weekend and it being sort of like over yeah. over two days uh, having two main events um, you know one per one per night or you know, or, or sort of like stripping it completely back. You know, we don't need to see everybody. Um, and I know there's this, this sort of big thing about getting as many people on the card as possible, um, you know, so that they are, so that they get paid. Um, and I'm all for people earning their money, but WrestleMania used to be about, you know, like the people who were over, you know, you know earning, earning a spot on the card and, and, you know, working towards that. And now just, you know, to I, again, I don't disagree with that sort of being, you know, a, a women's version of the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. But, you know, two battle royals on a show. You know, potentially two right. tag title matches, three including the women's tag titles, and uh, you know, and then, and then some of the singles matches. I mean, I, I look forward to AJ Styles and Randy Orton, and I think the build for that's been really interesting. Yeah, um, and yeah. it, it makes. It makes sense as a as a feud, um, and I think people will get behind it. Um, and both of those guys play their character so well. And there's an element of truth to it, which always which always makes a match, you know, better. Um, but yeah, I can, you know, just matches just keep popping into my head, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's another WrestleMania match. Oh, that's a that's another mm-hmm. WrestleMania match. And I just wonder, do they all need to be WrestleMania matches? Um, you know, but we're all going to watch it. Uh, and you know that's we're all going to pay our Netflix subscription. Oh yeah, for those casual fans, those casual fans, they're going to they're going to buy the pay per view. Uh, what I will say is, I'm glad I'm not watching it with with you guys in the bar this year because I I don't think there would be enough Guinness <laughs> to get me through the eight hours of the show that it's going to be. It's going to be um, a long or one. Yeah. What toll on my body? What the toll on my body would be from the amount of Guinness that I would drink? Yeah. in that time. Uh, and I probably wouldn't even remember the main event by the time we by the time we, we we'd have got we'd have got to it. So yeah, I'm, I'm quite glad I'm not watching it with you guys this year. But um, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting WrestleMania. Uh, but I, I almost feel now that people kind of almost look forward to the night after WrestleMania more than they do more than they do what happens actually at the at the show. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. These are strange. These are strange times that we live in. I feel. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's definitely the whole WrestleMania card is like you said, it's it's overbooked. Um, I believe you know you they did this thing a couple of years ago, starting the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, which I you know it was a good idea when they started out, but now it's just kind of turned into a kind of a joke battle royal because this year you have Braun yeah. Strowman, the guys from SNL, and then everybody else. You know what I mean? Like anyone else that is doesn't have a place. You have like Rude and Gable, the Hardys. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm 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 guessing my I'm thinking that Sami Zayn's going to return at that match. Yeah, because I heard he's ready to go. 
Um, he's trying to throw everybody off yeah. by, you know, putting a picture up in, uh, he's in, he was in Newcastle last week, I believe. He's trying to throw everybody off with that, but I see what he's doing there. He's going to show up for sure. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. And again, it's like, it, it, you know, that's, that's, that's another element that I'd say that, you know, would be overbooked because, you know, why bring him back in that scenario? You know, bring him back to confront somebody on Raw or even better on, on the SmackDown after WrestleMania, you know, bolster, bolster that show. Have, have him return there and, you know, go after, you know, Daniel Bryan or Kofi Kingston, whoever he is. You know, whoever the champion is, or, or get involved with Kevin Owens again, or or something like that. And it's, it's it's they just seem to be trying to fit too much into into one show. And, and um, we're we're actually looking at coming out to to Tampa next year to WrestleMania, and um, I'm, you know almost need to sort of, sort of like start training for it in advance. I think so that I can sort of like go the eight nine hour show that it's that it's going to be. Uh, it'd be like being at a, a music festival or something like that, you know, just a multi-day um, you know, music train festival. My, my body to, uh, to, to to last that long, yeah. For it, um, and I, I feel you know the, the main event really suffers from it. You know, you think back to you know sort of like WrestleMania 17 and Austin and The Rock in the main event, and uh, you know it was loudest the crowd was all night. But they're, they're so exhausted by the time you get to the main event. I only watched um, Lesnar and, and Roman Reigns from last year the other day, and it's not a bad match at all. Right. But, you know, the, the fact that the crowd were exhausted, and also the fact that, you know, at that stage, they really didn't want to see Roman Reigns, you know, win, uh, or even sort of be in the main event. It just sort of killed the, the, the main event. That should be your, your 12-month payoff, that main event should be everything. And I, I worry that on uh, you know, a week today that the, the women's title match would suffer from exhaustion, that the crowd would be exhausted, even with having Becky in it, who's really over, and having Charlotte and Ronda, who are really over as heels, that by that point, the crowd are just going to be, you know, you know, dead to the world type thing, just through, just through exhaustion. I really think they need to look at the structure of WrestleMania moving forward, but but also the you know the, the build up to it as well, and um, it's very haphazard and, and thrown together this year. Yeah, no, it's definitely it's one of those things where and they're in the stadiums, and when you're in the stadium too, like they're talking about, and they're in the or the Northeast right now. So being in the Northeast, it's yeah. extremely cold there. You know, it's like they were talking about maybe yeah. snow um, coming out, and being in the stadium, it's what are they going to do? If people, they're not going to hold off on WrestleMania. They're not going to postpone it. People are just going to have to sit in the either rain or snow at that point. Yeah, yeah. Well, I saw uh, I saw uh, a thing today, and it was um, it was sort of guidance for people who were going to WrestleMania, and it was like you know the, the advice on the travel um, and getting there and what you could and couldn't take into the stadium. Yeah, and they mentioned you know you can't. Can't take umbrellas, but you can take ponchos with you. And just imagine, you know, like eighty thousand people in ponchos, like they just got off like a ride at Disney, um, you know, just drenched or, or covered in snow. Um, yeah, feel for them if they get the bad weather. So it's going to be a miserable, miserable crowd. So right for right now, I'm looking at the 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 weather for East Rutherford, New Jersey. And that's where the MetLife Stadium is, and uh, you know. Yeah. You guys, you guys in the UK uh, base your weather on Celsius, correct? Not Fahrenheit. That's right. So uh, that day, yeah, uh, it's going to be 17 degrees Celsius uh, with the chance of cloud. No okay. rain right now, but you know, 17 degrees Celsius. Um, I think 49, 50 degrees. No, no, it's uh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, 63 degrees. So it's I mean it's going to be a little chilly, yeah. but it doesn't look like any rains in the yeah. forecast right now. No, it'll be it, that will be okay in the day, but when, it, when the when the sun then that because that's the kind of temperatures we've got here in the UK at the moment, um, and it's all right in the day, but when it when it drops, it can go sort of like you know four uh, four degrees in the evening. So uh, there might be some people who are uh, freezing by the time Becky comes out for uh, for the main event. Jeez, yeah, and 
I feel sorry for the competitors at that point because, you know, they're the ones wearing pretty much nothing. And We might see some interesting ring attire. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say Sasha Banks might bust out the the full bodysuit she wore when she when she wrestled Alexa, I believe, in the Middle East somewhere. I can't remember. Maybe it was Abu Dhabi. But. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they both they, they both wore the sort of uh, you know like the the, the lycra uh, the lycra suits, didn't they? Out of respect, yeah. Uh, yeah, might see a, might see a lot of them. Maybe, maybe even Lesnar will wear uh, <laughs> will, will wear some kind of lycra top. That'd be interesting to see. Lesnar's just gonna come out in like the the track pants and the, just a hoodie, and he's like, "No, I'm good, man. It's fine. I'll keep it this yeah. way." Yeah. Yeah, look forward to it. <laughs> are you are you watching any other shows besides Takeover and uh, WrestleMania that weekend? Or because uh, you know WrestleMania weekend, you know, there's so many shows happening around the surrounding areas. Like you have uh, Joey Janela's Spring Break, two nights of that. Um, the G1 Supercard, um, you know, and like fifty more that I'm not even naming off the top of my head. But no, I, and again, it's just it's completely based on just the. the Time that I have yeah, yeah. Um, available to me, um, you know, it, it, I've got to uh, watch it around work this year. Last year, uh, we were on vacation. Um, you know, I was over with you guys in, in San Francisco, so I watched it live. But across this year, uh, I, I, you know, I will have work on the Monday. Oh, that's um, right, yeah. So that's only doesn't finish till sort of four or five o'clock in the morning. So I don't think I'm even going to be able to watch it live this year. Um, otherwise, I'll be like a zombie the next day. Um, so trying to fit it in around the work schedule and around training um, as well is impossible. So, you know, TakeOver and WrestleMania for definite, uh, Hall of Fame as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, other than that, with all the other shows that, that they do now, um, you know, not a, ch- not a chance, not a chance. I'll catch up on results and see, you know, What's yeah. going on? At yeah. them. But um, you know, no, no, there's, there's so much wrestling that's on that weekend. It's, it's impossible for me to to keep up with it all. Yeah, it's hard to keep up with it all, especially you know if you plan to go next year, be prepared because, like I said, WrestleMania it starts the whole weekend starts pretty much on Thursday with uh, shows. You know, yeah. the entire weekend. So um, I have yet. Yeah. You know, I've only been to one WrestleMania, but the WrestleMania that was here at, in um, Santa Clara. WrestleMania 31, yeah. but um, I was not, I wasn't as into wrestling as I was right now. I think I had a falling out at a certain point in my life, just because you know sometimes we do, um, and yeah. um, I got back into it. But I just went to WrestleMania, and I was, you know, I didn't get to go to the Ring of Honor show. I didn't get to go to any, you know, I didn't even get to go to Access. But you know, I'm hoping maybe I'll do it yeah. next year. I keep saying next year, next year, but we'll see. Yeah. I've been yeah, I've been saying that since WrestleMania eight, um, and um, always, always just sort of like hoping that they would they would do one in the UK. Um, and I went to SummerSlam '92. I think I said that the last time that you guys went to me, uh, I went to the stadium, um, you know, as a twelve year old, and that really kind of like solidified my love of the business. And I've always thought you know, if they could do that, then they could they could do WrestleMania. It would be huge in this country. Yeah. To use a stadium like Wembley, uh, you know, ninety odd thousand. I think the capacity is now for, for Wembley, and it would be, you know, it would be, it would be big. Um, and it's just, it's never happened, and it just doesn't look like it's ever going to happen. Um, certainly not anytime soon. So right. we uh, we decided, well, if we, you know, if we do one in Florida, we can at least have a bit of a holiday as well whilst we're whilst we're there. Yeah. Um, they, they seem to have like abandoned the West Coast as well because um, you know we would we would be really up for you know if they, if they did it near San Francisco again or, or LA or San Diego even uh, you know and it seems I never understand that because the weather is you know usually good at this time of year um, absolutely it's yeah. more reliable than it is, is on the East Coast but. You know, the West Coast just seems to have been about, and even, even with the move from doing SummerSlam at Staples Center in August, you know, moving that over to New York, um, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, so 
anyway, yeah, I think we're gonna uh, we're gonna combine, you know, uh, a bit of a bit of Disneyland um, and Universal Studios and and WrestleMania for next year, uh, with it being in Tampa. Um, so I'll just prepare for a a, a marathon ten hours. Uh, sat inside and then uh, and whatever the rest of the holiday brings next year, I think. Yeah, nice, nice. Well, hopefully I'll see you there. Um, hopefully, you know, because sure. it, yeah, it'll be fun. Well, all right, uh, Chris. I think uh, I think that, that, that we're gonna wrap it up here. I got I got I think I'm gonna get going, get some breakfast, maybe get some coffee. It's still morning time over here, so just yeah, start yeah, just starting my day. Good, man. Well, it's good to, yeah, it's good. Uh, it's good speaking to you guys. Uh, kind of like you know, my 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 day is uh, coming to an end. My son is uh, is fast approaching, getting ready for work tomorrow and, and stuff like that. But it's good to catch up with you guys. Um, and uh, I hope to speak to you guys soon. Um, and Absolutely. it would be better if I could catch up with you guys soon as well. Nice. Yeah, yeah, no Thank you guys for tuning in to City Wrestling Radio. Check us out on SoundCloud.com slash City Wrestling Radio. Also across a plethora of other fine podcast applications. Like, share, and subscribe at CWR415, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you very much, and have a great day. Thank you again, Chris Cage, for joining us in the studio. Yeah, thanks to City Wrestling Radio and uh, to all your fans. And uh, check out the AWA via its YouTube Facebook page. And you'll find links to all of our shows on there, available on many different formats. And uh, check out uh, myself and Modern Savage, and the team of Trident, as we just take over that company and do whatever the heck we want. Hey, there you go. That's what that's what a Trident do. A Trident's meant to go through and tear tear holes through whatever it's put through. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying yeah. to find. I was trying to find some sort of metaphor right there. I was reaching. <laughs> Uh, all right, Chris, thank you again for joining us in the studio. And uh, like I said, you're always welcome back on the show. Yeah, cheers. Good to speak with you guys. Take care.